0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Unboxed, powered by Pubmatic. My name is Rizwana Manjur and this week we'll be discussing the topic of in-app advertising. While both average time spent on mobile and app usage have been on the rise for quite some time, this year the global stay-at-home measures have made mobile phones the constant companion of many consumers. According to a Pubmatic report discussing the future of mobile, mobile apps continue to be the preferred access point to the consumer's digital world. Today, the vast majority of smartphone users spend most of their time on apps rather than web browsers, with the average person spending 2 hours and 57 minutes in apps compared to just 26 minutes on a mobile browser. COVID-19 lockdowns also saw more people turn to mobile for information, entertainment, connection, and a sense of normalcy. However, the mobile platform and in-app advertising comes with its own share of challenges. While media buyers rely on a slew of metrics to measure the performance of their campaigns, from clicks to installs and purchases, The fundamental issue and question, which can still be difficult to answer, is whether or not the ad was actually seen. In this episode, we speak to Sirian Wang, Head of Programmatic at Meitu, and Lashan Pang, Associate Director, Publisher Development at Pubmatic APAC, on some of the developments in this space and what we can expect in the future. Hi, Lashan. Hi, Sirian. Thanks so much for joining us. Maybe you could do a short introduction on yourselves for our audiences. Lashan, may we start with you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Uh, my name is Lashan. I'm the Associate Director of Publisher Development at Dramatic. uh Largely, my day-to-day involves you know, working directly with app developers across APAC, Asia-Pacific region, to support their monetization business and I'm also supporting conversations uh, that the team is having with the buy side, essentially advertisers. And I would say that it's a blessing to be exposed on both sides of the business, um, helping me to gain a, you know, a broader holistic view uh, in order to basically help my publishers understand how to best implement and optimize their ad monetization strategy.
0: Sirian, do you want to share with us a little bit about yourself and what you do with too?
2: Okay, hello everyone, and thanks for having me. And this is Syria, And I'm working on Me2 and serve as a head of programmatic for me Global Business and including like me Ad Exchange for the monetization of all me apps. And also I'm working on the Me2 DSP and for the partnership that we are work, uh, for the partnership for all of the demand partners and like agencies and also the direct advertisers
0: Thanks for the quick introduction, guys. I know Meitu recently launched a programmatic video advertising initiative. And Siren, you guys have been really busy strategizing and thinking of ways to monetize the video ad inventory on a number of your platforms. And you've also got some really interesting AR-powered tools as well to help cosmetic companies that you came up with during the pandemic itself. So you guys must have been really, really busy, but beyond these, um, I wanted to know what are some of the other innovations that you guys are talking about in the mobile and in-app space beyond what we've just mentioned?:
2: um, Okay, actually, I think it's a really interesting topic in our start from May 2 as a case. And as you may know, that May2 is an AI-driven technology company and with ranking number one in China for its beauty tech. And we focus on leveraging video and photo processing technology to achieve our mission uh, to let everyone become beautiful easily. And we strongly believe that the, that the augmented reality, which means the AR, will be one of the key drivers of this area in the future. And as you know, the AR is an immersive advertising experience which can enhance the brand recognition and which is proven to be... Uh, very successfully to improve your conversion rates and for example we had an app called makeup plus and which are now the users to virtually try on the cosmetics or you can also apply the skin products and before making the decision on what color of lipsticks or what type of eyeliners you like to buy and you can virtually try it with a camera on your phone and currently we have connected to hundreds of brands with thousands of uh, skus so you're always free to pick up the best ones for yourself And actually we're seeing uh, more of this uh, utilization in the e-commerce and other social apps with uh, AR functionality. So if you're looking for innovations from app developers, maybe there is something we can learn from this case. You know, combining the technology with the real scenario, we can provide the value to the users and you will find the new business model will come with it.
0: Thanks for sharing that, Syrian. From what I've heard and read, you guys are seeing a lot of growth uh, coming from the Southeast Asia markets, namely Indonesia and Thailand, amidst the pandemic. Could you shed a little more light on how you manage that?
2: We were really impacted by the pandemic, but uh, we did a lot of uh, breakthrough in the uh, in the Southeast of Asia area and during the pandemic. That everyone was forced to to quarantine at home, and we noticed that. People are staying more time and staying with family, and also consuming the digital content through the mobile devices. So um, you know we, we we saw the we saw the inventory increase, but at the same time, the many advertisers had to cut up their marketing budget to save the cost uh, since uh, the the consumers had limited access to their service, uh, such as uh, Airbnb and Hotels.com, etc. But what other other firms partially moved their budget to the mobile area and that's our chance because we we got the we got the AR experience and we got a lot of the case study for them and which has proven to increase the conversion rate for them so in the in the south of asia and we did provide something special just like a like a virtual try on technology and we also have uh, some uh, we also have some projects Projects called the uh, Magic Mirror and Me 2 Genius uh, devices and which will be inputted into the online store like Sephora, like DFS, while the people when they're shopping online or when they're shopping offline, they can try, they can virtually try on those cosmetics. At the same time, they can do the skincare and analysis. And based on those uh, skin analysis reports that we can do the product's recommendation for them. So this is a kind of like new, a new uh, user experience.
0: That sounds really exciting. Um, do you see the increase in usage and some of the trends keeping steady post the pandemic? Uh,
2: actually, we, are, we, we started to see a good trending at the end of June mm. uh, after the pandemic. Uh, actually, during the pandemic, especially from March to May, that the revenue from uh, Google and Facebook, Mateo um, Inventory dropped by 30 to 40 percent, and this is this is really bad, not just for Mateo, but for 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 this whole industry. But I think it is compulsory to make the adjustment in response to market change, you know, to mitigate the impact. And uh, as I as I stated earlier, that we found AR. AR of, uh, functionality is, is a really interesting way to uh, safeguard the user experience. At the same time, it can stabilize your revenue. And this is a brand new market technique which attracted to the young generation, especially for like a Generation Z. Mm. So I think from other side, I, I believe that this is something fresh and cool that what they're looking for.
0: Definitely very fresh and very cool. Now, with time spent on mobile at an all-time high, Lashan, maybe you can share with us how brands can make the most out of it.
1: That is a very good question, Rizwana, I must say. And as I said, time spent on mobile is at all-time high, partly driven by a pre-existing shift to mobile and also driven by the pandemic. Um, The pandemic has also redistributed consumer time spent on mobile. Uh, they are spending more time on video streaming, gaming, health, fitness app, news app, and of course, social media. So a key point here is that mobile inventory is really uh, allowing brands to be where their consumers are. Aside from the obvious benefit of this being where the consumer are, there are Lots of other advantages for the brands with mobile inventories, and one of them is being able to better target. While the recent Apple announcement on the IDFA has caused ripples in the industry and will make personalized advertising more difficult in the market where iOS is dominant OS, uh, but thankfully not Asia, <laughs> so we're still highly dependent on Android um, operating systems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, in general, device ID provides. For better targeting, and then buyers can expect on web inventory, and there is there are a number of reasons, right? So device ID has a longer lifespan, well, basically as long as that of a handset is, right? So um, the target, the, the tracking and the targeting of user is prolonged, hmm. and could be more accurate with uh, all these richer data collected over time. And the second point is that it is not, although it is not infallible device is not infallible, device ID is generally unique to the owner of the device. So, um, marketeers basically can assume that they are very likely to be targeting a unique individual. Hmm. Uh, cross-device tracking also becomes more complete with device ID. That allows marketeers to identify users across mobile or and, and basically connect those uh, same users with the data uh, they they the input from their desktops and 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 connected TV devices, for instance. And the last point is for mobile specifically. I think this is also um, one of the key points that the 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 location data or the location targeting uh, it, it it becomes more effective and it's more accurate for marketers to target. So that that is just uh, uh, on the big topic of you know mobile being able to provide more data points with device ID for better targeting by marketeers. Another big benefit that the buyers um, can take advantage of is also the, the new invention of 5G. Mm. Like mobile mobile in-app advertising is about to get a huge boost from this, this advancement, right? 5G, this is what the town is talking about. A lot of uh, tel- telcos has launched 5G support, 5G network. And um, we've seen how Stats has reported that By 2023, uh, global 5G smartphone shipments will actually go beyond 424 million. So that is a huge market out there. And 5G phones are expected to represent um, a major performance lead for user experience on mobile, particularly with high definition media and interactive technology such as. You know, mobile gaming or mobile video streaming spaces. And, and, and this developers or this development, uh, open up a raft of new opportunities for advertisers, giving them greater room for creativity and, and opening door for them to deliver higher quality interactive ads onto mobile devices. And, and, you know, Siren mentioned about, um, um, AR. This is also a good platform to take into, to tap into as well. And, and I really think that this is definitely the time for media buyer to start um, taking advantage of all these rich data points that we mentioned earlier on that mobile inventories could offer in terms of targeting, in terms of supporting uh, for better ROIs or, or even better ad experience for their consumer or the targeting consumer. And I think lastly, um, there is a huge influx of mobile in-app supply. And, basically driven by the increase of of consumption because of uh you know how 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 mobile behavior, mobile user behavior has shifted. Yeah. Um therefore, with that, you know, an increase in supply, the there is downward pressure on on mobile CPM, which means that the um that 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 the advertisers can basically start experimenting on this format at lower rate yeah. and start to design what sort of strategy they have.
0: Yep, it's the best time to experiment, isn't it? Exactly. But with mobile penetration at an all-time high and costs of experimentation uh, remaining low, the truth is um, fraud still is a huge issue in this part of the world. Uh, And mobile fraud itself is getting increasingly sophisticated, despite all the protection measures also concurrently improving. So, what advice would you have for marketers who might be a little bit wary about this? Can you share with us some of the most common types of frauds that we can kind of safeguard ourselves against?
1: Yeah, definitely. um, it is a right point to call out actually and when it comes when 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 it comes to to fraud, it's not only uh, the specific type of fraud that happens in the region is actually uh, very relevant to across the industry. And I would say it's very common for us to come by like invalid traffic issue or click fraud. These are very, very common. And and much has been made in recent years of uh, the invalid traffic issues right on Mobile Bench In the first half of last year, 2019, we saw app install fraud alone um, actually cost the industry close to 2.3 billion. That's a big sum of money mm-hmm. uh, that was triggered by fraud. And this basically um, uh, you know, adds on to the lack of transparency. It's triggered by the lack of transparency between the two ends, the buy side and the sell side mm-hmm. uh, within this digital supply chain in, in an environment where there are multiple media men, rampant reselling, arbitraging that results in, in, in media buyers having very little idea what Working media they actually get for their initial buy, and it's understandable why why these media buyers are getting nervous and um, they're still having hesitant to, to spend to this this inventory despite all the good points that we mentioned in your previous question. Mm. But the good thing is that the buyers were um, interested in into assessing mobile inventories because of that because of the motivation of their interest on this 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 sort of uh, mobile inventories the app developers, the app publishers are recognizing that. They are recognizing the concern for the buyers or the industry, and they are moving along with the industry or the governing body to, to, to basically support in creating a more transparent um, mobile app space. So, so in the previous year, IAB Tech Lab actually launched uh, this, this thing called S.txt. So basically, that's the equivalent of S.txt, where... Uh, it's, it helps to make the app ecosystem a, a safer and a more transparent place for, for, for buyers in support mm-hmm. of the app developers. And the, the, the app developers are, are aggressively starting to adopt this IAB standard mm-hmm. of app of TXT. Um, and in addition to that, viewability measurement, particularly looking into expanding their audience base beyond domestic borders and gain access to international demand from modest buyers. Mm. And Pixelit has also um, reported recently that, uh, you know, the adoption of, as of TXT has uh, skyrocketed in 2019 with an increase of over 5,000%. That's a very strong sign of how the industry is really taking this matter seriously. Mm. They really want to improve the quality and the transparency of the marketplace in order to drive the, 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 the industry.
0: Thanks for outlining that, Lashan. And I'm happy to hear about the IAB standards coming up. I mean, measurement is such a longstanding issue in our industry. And now with mobile um, being such a big part of our lives in the marketing mix, what advice do you have for marketers who've had different sorts of advice coming um, to them from different organizations and partners on measurement? um a lot of us might be confused ourselves as to what success uh, really looks like on the mobile platform yeah i think um
1: in 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 both you know mobile space or even desktop web space uh, huge drives have been made in terms of transparency efficiency and a focus on viewability. Oh. globally the in app space is starting to 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 follow follow suit oh. so in in a wake of what you've just called it in a wake of in a wake of Brand safety and scandals and comments about this murky digital supply chain. Mm. Um, the industry came together to 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 clean up. Right? They 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 want to sustain the industry. They want to keep the the, the 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 business going, and the result was supply path optimization (SPO) that saw media buyers and media owners work together to create a more transparent and efficient ecosystem. As buyers embrace SPO and work with fewer but more reputable vendors, media vendors, um, many of the resellers and arbitragers were eliminated. So, so it, it's part of the cleanup from the supply chain. And media buying was streamlined as buyers reduced bidding duplication through different pipes.
0: Mm. The
1: adoption of Ivy Tech, Tech Lab um, initiative, like what I mentioned earlier on, FSL TXT, Supply Chain Objects, Sellers.json um, in, in, in started off in a work, uh, web space Further consolidated the success, giving buyers confidence that they were buying inventories from certified sellers, and not unwittingly put putting money on in the pockets of fraudsters, for instance. Mm. So, as I mentioned earlier on, um, the IDB has actually launched a series of initiatives to govern that, and it has launched FSL with with high adoption rate. Uh, there have there have also been huge strides made in terms of viewability on, on app inventories as as we know, media buyers rely on a raffle metrics to measure the performance of their campaign, and everything from clicks, installs and purchases can be used as a proxy for success. But a question more fundamental and more difficult to measure in the in-app space is whether or not the ad was actually seen on desktop and and mobile web the The industry has Agreed, viewability standard. Yeah, degree. Yeah, exactly. The degree to which um, an ad has the opportunity to be seen by a user and it is measured by independent third parties. But tracking viewability on web only requires a pixel to be deployed. However, in the in-app space, it is different. It's a different story. Um, third-party measurement body basically have to have to um, include their their software development kit SDK into those apps that allow this uh, measurement company to integrate their measurement tool into the app itself for tracking.
2: Mm. And
1: getting app developers to install SDK is difficult because every new SDK is integrated um, in the app itself and it has to be updated, it mm-hmm. has to be tested, it has it, it basically adds on to, to to the developer's workload or, or technical
0: Time And yeah.
1: Exactly. And the app owners has to ensure that all these new SDK, be it for monetization purposes or even for measurement purposes, is privacy compliance in all the markets that they are currently operating at. And most crucially, every new SDK that they add in adds on to the weight of their app, and it mm-hmm. it, it potentially creates latency or even you know downgrade the user experience, which is the last thing that as, as an as, as an app developer they want. Yeah. So. It is not difficult for us to understand why developers have traditionally been reluctant to want to integrate too many um, uh, SDK for, for, for multiple viewability tracking purposes from different vendors. Yeah. And, 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 and it has been a struggle for a while in the industry. And, and the buyers are also struggling because there are different um, standards in terms of uh, measuring the viewability effectiveness in, 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 in the in in-net space. And the good thing is, IAB is the governing body in in the industry. They saw this. They saw the challenges. Uh, so two years back, in 2018, they basically launched um, this product called Open Measurement SDK (OMSDK), and it was basically made available across the industry. So it includes viewability tracking from multiple vendors in in just one SDK, and and that eliminate the, the the pain of developers needing to integrate multiple SDK for the viewability tracking purposes. Save them a lot of heartache, technical resources, but more importantly, the buyers can finally get a true picture of whether their ads are being seen. Because more and more um, app developers are adopting OMSDK into their app environment. So this basically sums up to, you know, the the, the market are um, adopting all these measurements that we mentioned earlier on, and. Um, I must say, initially, especially in, in APEC market, the adoption is, is slow, especially in, in markets like uh, China and South Korea, but we have definitely seen how these markets are gaining traction because the awareness is growing. They, they understand the requirement from both sides of the ecosystem. And um, the technology partners like homatic have also played an active role in educating both sides of the market to want to maintain a clean and efficient pipe to want to ensure transparency, um, to enforce, you know, this this ecosystem, the marketplace, the the platform to 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 work, uh, and and it has to be an effort across all the players in the industry.
0: Sirian, as a publisher, what would you say makes the biggest impact for your advertisers? I mean, there are four types of ads generally used in ads, being banner ads, native ads, um, rewarded video, and of course, interstitial ads. But what would you say is the best strategy for your advertisers?
2: As you said, the video is very popular recently, and especially for the rewarded video, and, but rewarded video is most adopted in the uh, gaming applications, you know, with the best ROI and the highly uh, completion rate. But it normally comes with a specific scenario. For example, if you're if you, if you playing, playing a game and you want to get the double bonus, or the, the, uh, or the rewarded video comes with, uh, with uh, in-app purchase items. So uh, if you have such scenario that you should definitely try it. But while well, you know, matrix is, uh, is, uh, is mostly belongs to the utility tool, so we don't have enough usage on this format. Mm. Um, as, uh, just a skip on it. So, but for the rest of the ads format, as you mentioned, the, like, like Banner, like uh, uh, Interstitial, the Native, actually, um, we have been working hard to test all of those uh, S formats. We just want to figure out the, what is the most effective way to uh, monetize your inventory, and I think that different publishers need to adopt different strategies. But mm-hmm. from my personal perspective that, that, that I, I have to say that the, the pure video advertising is a, it's a huge opportunity for us and which has proven to be uh, effective to uh, generate the highest revenue with a very decent ECPM, especially not, not just in the tier one countries, but w- we're also seeing this kind of trending in the Southeast of Asia. But which, you know, which doesn't mean that we have to change all of our inventory into video, because from downside, the video is kind of time consuming. And while the, the, the purpose of using our app is definitely not for viewing ads, so we just can't make the best use of this format, since we can't guarantee the, for example, like completion rate. So, and also we noticed that the view rate of the video is normally lower than the banner, including the interstitial and native. So actually we can take a, we can take a reverse thinking. You know, if you were the advertiser, and what format would you like to choose? And we found that majority of, majority of them are more likely to spend money on the bigger size of ads. So they, rec- they reckon that it will bring more uh, awareness and exposure to their brands and with a better performance. So we can think about how to satisfy their needs wisely. So finally we found a new format uh, which was very productive and very popular. And it is called the splash S and which appears in the first screen when opening a mobile application. And we even sell this kind of customized size of placement through our programmatic platform, the made to ad Exchange. Mm. So we, we, support, we support like rendering image and videos in the placement. And uh, we also can support you know, inputting the advertisers deep link for for the landing page, and we also support uh, all of those measurement. As the mentioned, that that you can track the viewability and you can track the the um, some some IVT issues as well. Yes. And we spot the excellent user experience with uh, with uh, very amazing results. And we normally working we normally works with uh, uh, with e-commerce buyers, and uh, when they click the ads they can land into the specific website or specific app page, and they can just place the order directly. So, I mean, from the user experience side, this is very, very, very good for the advertisers. And if the publisher has this kind of thinking, has this kind of mindset, they can provide a better venue for their advertisers. At the same time, they get higher revenue from it.
0: What is the biggest change that you've seen in the mobile in-app space during the pandemic?
2: uh actually this is a tricky one you know uh, I think different publishers have different strategies but it's totally based on what kind of business that you're doing uh, for example as May too that we, we're doing kind of like photo editing and video editing so we provide more value to those users and we think about uh we think about what kind of the uh, what kind of the value that we can we can better serve for our users for example we have the makeup makeup plus app and this has we 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 and and prior to to answer this question, actually we we use we use this makeup Plus to to just to try on those cosmetics. But there is nothing to do with the brands in in like a year or two, uh, like two years ago. But we suddenly found that during this scenario, actually we can create something special, and we can uh, invent some new. Um, some new user flow by connecting the brands to the advertisers directly. So this kind of connection is found uh, when we, you know, devoted more efforts into the study of the of the market. But this is a, you know, you know, everything is just based on, the, on, on your business. I cannot guarantee that what kind of the innovation in the future of course some uh, some specific company that what kind of things that you, they need to do. But uh, there is something that we, 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 can, we can just, uh, you know, keep ourselves um, to the latest technology and latest uh, policy. We need to uh, we need to learn that how does this, well, in the industry and we need to learn something from it.
0: What would you say would be your biggest learning lesson navigating through these changes? And we know this year there have been a lot of changes, but what would you say are some of your biggest lessons? Uh,
2: okay, actually, you know as you mentioned that, that we, we, we need to do something that from our business, actually we, we have done something to mitigate the impact brought up by the pandemic that everyone is talking about it. So uh, from the publisher stance, that generally speaking that we, we, we all need to refine our optimization works to uh, get more revenue from the market. For example, adjust the flow rate and, uh, uh, and adjust the frequency cap with the flexibility. And also, we need to think about the the uh, how to optimize your Aztec and the uh, uh, mediation priority, et cetera. So, but from the high level plans that we need to make on the monetization strategy, but this you know this is a long term but a necessary process. Actually, I got t- I got two tips with regard to this one, and I think uh, uh, tip number one that we need to think out of box. You mm-hmm. know, normally the the publisher only focus on the products and leave the monetization works to the, to the networks or to the platform that they're connecting, for example, like Facebook and Google and some other networks. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not judging it, you know, but we can do better. And uh, as Nishan shared that a lot of the latest, uh, latest uh, policy and from the IAB and from the, uh, from the, from the platform in, in the ad tech area, such as uh, SPO and Asla TXE, and actually, the, from a publisher side, we need to learn how, w- what are those, you know, we need to understand uh, how the ads are transacted if you are, if you're on the ads revenue, that we need to keep, uh, keep abreast of the uh, latest policies and the technologies. And uh, uh, for example, uh, why, why the DSP is doing SPO and why the SPO is so important for them. And uh, what is, uh, for example, like, what is uh, uh, header bidding and how can we benefit from the header bidding? Because the reason for those uh, suggestions is because the publishers normally reluctant to understand those uh, annoying terms and they, they, they will get cheated by the partners. And sometimes it's even worse, you know, the, the, if your apps are blocked by the top DSPs, you can't get the revenue and your revenue will drop. And if you know the basic, on, uh, basic knowledge on the ad tech industry it really helps you to gain the initiative in dealing with your partners. And this is tip number one, And I think tip number two is about, you know, avoid putting all your ads in one basket. You can test, uh, uh, for example, like all of those uh, uh, possibilities, all of this, you know, uh, ads format that you are trying, and you can find the most profitable combo for your apps monetization. But apart from this, you know, powerful networks like Facebook and Google that you can rely on, actually you can try something new. Like, uh, uh, actually it's not new, but this is something that fewer publishers in China are doing. This is called programmatic. You know, this, is, this kind of solution can maximize your revenue. And we, are, we have proof that this is very successful. And it's an impression level auction and based on, on the CPN. And, uh, you know, it, it can also help you to uh, get your more business down and help you to understand the, the real value of your audience through the auction, you know, complete direct auction.
0: While I have you on the topic, and this is a topic that we'll also cover in the next few sessions as well, what is the value you see from header bidding and unified auction? How would that impact ad monetization moving forward?
2: You know, header bidding actually is, uh, is, uh, is a new technology which allows the publishers to uh, send the ad request to uh, multiple SSBs or the ad exchange simultaneously. And actually, I, I know that Pubmatic is, bidding SDK is also is also they're also promoting this kind of uh, SDK. And there are also some uh, some uh, open source uh, uh, open source headrubbing solution like pre or JSS era. So I think I think by by utilizing a uh, utilization of the bidding and the publisher will get uh, uh, get a fast uh, ad response, and which means that you are say the ads. With uh, with some less latency and it's really it's really good for the user experience and also the from the co- configuration part from engineering cost you know the the, the the whole integration will be much easier for the publishers and the third one is about the uh, is about the the uh, about the result I think you know publisher will normally get higher yield by by introducing more bidders into the S auction. And this is really good. And, but most importantly, I think the publishers could, uh, realize, uh, could realize the value of its audience, you know, and also recognize uh, the power of data. And you can try to imagine that, that when the publishers work together to, uh, to create a better world of the utilization of their first party data, and ideally the concept of the publisher trading desk can work and publishers can talk to the buyers directly and the ad transaction and the whole supply chain will be more transparent, and the business model will be be more like efficient and accurate and sophisticated. And besides, I, I think it really eliminates the concern of the uh, of the privacy to some extent because you know it avoids the misuse of the data since the publishers have the full rights to process the data. If you are not gonna let anyone else or any partners from your connection to store the data from you that you can just you can just stop it from the beginning yeah and uh, yeah and last I think that the public uh, publishers can can you know devote more of their efforts on on, on the app itself you know they, they can focus on on apps and without worrying about the revenue and they can focus on the user experience and focus on the uh, user flow uh, design and how to get more innovations next like set and and with the upcoming uh, technology, a five like G and uh, uh, the short video community, and we can we can learn something from it. You know, we can just uh, just think about the how to generate more more value to the society.
0: You touched on a very important topic of privacy, Syrian. As privacy becomes more of a concern for the end users, how do you see in app advertising in general um, change, and what are some of the trends? Uh, Okay, Um,
2: uh, I I think we need to understand that what is the relationship between the uh, privacy and the mobile ads revenue. And uh, normally, you know, the more data we track from the user's behavior and the more accuracy of the understanding for the user's needs. And we can target those users for for getting a higher money, you know, from the ads trade. But actually, I I think from the publisher side, we are required to find the right balance between the Uh, between the consumer privacy protection and also the business interests and uh, you can think about this question to what extent does ad targeting can improve the efficiency of the advertising ecosystem i think there should have a boundary line for this you know it's like the binance and as we saw in the past years that advertising networks have have been secretly collecting the app users personal data and they misuse of the uh, privacy and they commit the fraudulent activities. You know, th- it, all of those things make them rich, but in the cost of hampering the, the industry. And we should, you know, we should feel shame about, that because, you know, that, 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 that is why that we, we all need to take it very seriously. And we need to stay compliant to the regulations like GDPR and CCPA, because it is a protection not only for the advertisers, but also for the publishers, if we can work together, and the whole industry are be getting better. And as a publisher, if you get, uh, uh, for example, like malicious SDK, oh. and if you commit uh, fortunate activities, and you will be danger. You know, your apps will be will be uh, will be added into the block list by the DSP, and even your apps will be rejected by the Google Play or the App Store. So it's uh, it's a big loss. So oh. you cannot. It's it's a long term that you, if you are making the a quick money that maybe you can you can do it. Uh, you'll be fined. But if you are doing some 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 business from the long term, if you can, uh, if you would like to uh, to make the whole society benefit from your business, that you need to think 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 about something you know bigger.
0: <clears throat> so yeah.
2: that that's why we we should assume the responsibility for uh, protecting the user privacy. And for example, uh, like Nishan said, that we the IAB rolled out the AsaTxC. Uh, Actually, this is a kind of the uh, kind of the technology that we can secure the inventory and make the make the transaction more transparent and to the supply chain partner. So I would recommend that all the publishers in in the world to adopt it and follow the norms of the industry and to, uh, you know, we, we just need to to work together to keep all the bad actors away from it.
0: Thank you once again to Sirian and Lashan for shedding some light on this trending topic of in-app advertising. Clearly, as we head into 2021, mobile is still going to be our constant companion. And one can only imagine that screen time on mobile devices and consumption of content is only set to increase further. We hope that this episode has given you, our listeners from the marketing and media industry, some ideas on the big opportunities for the future. For more such insight, head on to Pubmatic.com. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to sharing more insights with you from our Unbox series in the upcoming weeks. Take care.